everybody. Welcome to the Good Evening Kitties podcast, the Tales from the Crypt Review. My name is Melissa, your ghostess with the mostest, and today's episode is season six, episode seven, The Pit. Here I have returning guest Cindy back to help me review this one. Hi, Cindy. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Are you excited? I'm very excited. So this is season six, episode seven, The Pit. As always, John Kassir does the voice of the Crypt Keeper and Danny Elfman does the theme song. This episode aired November 30th, 1994. It was directed by John Harrison, who also directed the uh, movie Tales from the Dark Side and the episode from Tales from the Crypt called Easel Killia. The screenplay is also by John Harrison and it stars Mark Dacascos from TV's Hawaii Five-O, Debbie Dunning from TV's Home Improvement. You would know her as playing Heidi. And she really, really uh, gets into this role. Marjane Holden from movies like Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which kind of makes sense what you were saying about how they were comparing this movie to Mortal Kombat. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of fighting in this one. Stoney Jackson from TV's 227. And Wayne Newton from movies like Vegas Vacation. And he's also Wayne Newton. (laughs) He plays a guy in here called Wink Barnum. (laughs) Wink. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead here and read the description on the back of the box for the pit. Let their nagging wives do the fighting. Wary steel cage brawlers dupe their bitter halves into the ring. See, that's another one where like it's, they kind of give it away. I feel like they shouldn't because the twist on that is that that happens. Yeah. So the twist is the fun part. Don't tell it, you know. Exactly. Exactly. I, I mean, I didn't know what the twist was going in. So it was a lot of fun to see that little twist. Yeah. Like the last couple minutes of it. So we're going to start the episode for The Pit. Now, this episode came out, like I said, November 30th. And around this time is when the 12 Days of Christmas or the Christmas Crypt CD came out. So they decided to do a little in-episode advertisement. So the opening for this episode is the Crypt Keeper, and it's Christmas. And, you know, he celebrates Christmas. He's got a little Christmas tree with cute little like ornaments that are some of them are like little Crypt Keeper ornaments and things like that. And he's in these cute little pajamas that have little Santas on them and a little like stocking cap. He's just, they have one of the songs playing in the background. Now I've reviewed this CD before. It's pretty fun. It's a fun CD. It was only like a 20 minute review or something. So if anyone wants to check it out, you can go back and find it. But yeah, so I thought it was a cool Christmas tree. It's got the, there was like a tiny Crypt Keeper and things on it. He brings in the episode. And it starts out opening up on the recording of a fight, like on a TV. And you're watching this fight, and it's these two guys, Felix Johnson and Aaron Scott. And they're fighting, and then it comes into, like, they're on this TV show, like, it almost kind of reminded me of, like, Geraldo Rivera, but I don't think it was probably that fantastical. It's just, like, a news show or thing, and they got the couples on there. And it's Debbie Dunnan, and she's married to Aaron Scott, and then... Andrea or Andrea Johnson is married to Felix Johnson. They're sitting there with their respective husbands and they're all just talking on this show. What do you think about this scene, Cindy? It's really uncomfortable just because, (laughs) so you can really tell like the women were the ones that had the animosity towards each other and they were like talking crap to each other and, and all that. And like the more they got into it, like the more uncomfortable you could see that the husbands were getting and like their facial expressions. I think one point the one husband had like pulled his hand away and she like grabbed it back, which yeah. is ooh. This is definitely this episode is different in the sense of well, there's a lot of action in this episode fight-wise, but there's also 
abuse. It's an abusive relationship from the women to the men. And the men are more of the, or the ones being abused. And you can see it in their faces and expressions that they're in these horrible relationships of these women that used to fight, but don't do it anymore as they point out on the show because they don't make as enough money, as much money as men do as like as women. And why not have their husbands fight if they can make more of the money, which I get their point on that. But they're also on opposite ends of these couches or these chairs. And these women are just, the dialogue between these two women in this episode is fantastic. <laughs> I so many like just calling each other a bitch and a slut and fat cow. and cow <laughs> and just all them. And they're just, their husbands are literally in between them. And just like, okay, just on this live TV. They even have to bleep out Debbie Dunnan's character <laughs> because she says something that I don't even know what she said. It's just them like starting out talking about their husbands and then going off on each other. And everyone in the crowd's like, yeah, you go girl. And you can just tell that these guys are stuck in their relationship. So this fight that they were watching was like a tie. So they want to do like another fight or set something up so that they can prove like, you know, which guy's the better one. And then there's also like some kind of movie deal that's coming up that they're both kind of fighting against to be in. It's kind of like a, I think it's like a Schwarzenegger type movie where they're going to play like the tough, you know, and their, their women really want them into that. Man, that's incredible, don't you think? That really is amazing. Now, since the match was declared a draw, a certain amount of controversy has developed as to how it all went down. I thought it was a good fight. Yeah, it was a, a clean fight. I mean, uh, people got their money's worth. Of course, if I had another round, I would have finished it. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, I had the only knockdown, remember? Yeah. Look, I still had you on point. All right, now, but what about the rumors that uh, sabotage forced the judges to uh, disqualify all weapons during the match? I mean, that could have affected the outcome. Yeah, the only person who needed sabotage to help win the fight would be Felix Johnson. You know, that's just the low-class kind of remark you'd expect from someone with Aubrey Scott's background. Oh. <laughs> Excuse me, Miss Private School. I'd just like to know if either of you ladies ever feel trapped in the shadows of your husbands or if you've ever considered resuming your own careers. Well, as long as promoters are unwilling to pay the same for women's events as they do for the males, I am more than happy to let old Felix here bring home the bacon. <laughs> Amazing, this old cow finally says something I can agree with. I mean, why should we go out and punish ourselves when these guys can make double, triple what we can? Besides, who would pay money to see a burnt-out has-been like Aubrey do anything except maybe rinse her hair to see what color she's using this month? And so they get off, they uh, end from being on the TV show with their men who look very uncomfortable. And it cuts back, and the, the way this episode's shot is kind of fun because it kind of jumps back from each couple to each couple. So you got Audrey and Aaron, yeah, Audrey and Aaron, and they're back at their place, and she's on the phone like making deals for him. They're just trying to get these movie roles for their husbands. And in the background, their husbands are working out. So you have Felix on the treadmill. And he runs like a gazelle, I thought, the way he was running. He kept, like, he picking was. his feet up. And he's hanging on her. He's just, like, running. And then, like, Aaron is lifting weights. And they're, like, pushing them harder, you know. And here's where it really kicks off to being abusive. So Andrea starts to turn up Felix's treadmill. And he's like, dang, girl, I just, I'm not that slow, you know. And she smacks him across the face. Yeah. And that's when I'm like, oh, okay, so this is abuse. Yeah. I think it's a testament, too, to, like, how they talk to each other, the women do, 
they talk to their each other the same way, and then they also talk to their husbands in a similar fashion. Yeah. Um, and then there's some other things that the men say throughout that, like, really, I think, put a light on the fact that it really was an abusive relationship. Honestly, in that first scene, I think they should have just put the women, like, side by side and just let them duke it out. But, you know. I think that was probably set up even more to this, to show, like, the guys are trapped in between. Like, yeah. these women are willing to yell across them to get their point across because they don't care about their husbands and they just care about how they look and if they can get it over this other woman. Because they used to fight. Audrey and Andrea used to fight. And they kind of had, like, a standstill, too. Like, they used to wrestle or, like, hit each other or whatever. And they kind of are at equal footing, too. And they want one to come out over the other. And since they've not really retired, they just don't do it as much. They just have their husbands do it. Aubrey and Aaron. And he's done lifting weights. And she comes over and she's, like, heading out to go make deals for him. He's, like, wanting just to spend time with her. And he has this really good sad face where he's just, like, okay. Because she's, like, I'm going to go and I'll be back. And you just make yourself comfy and do what you want to do. And I'll be back. And he's, like, all right. Thanks, love you. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, it's so bad. And then when she goes to leave, she opens the door, and there's some less better looking than her husband, I would say, man, this blonde guy who's also muscular, and she, she doesn't even like, she just tells him to be quiet, and then she leaves. So she's leaving also to meet this guy. So it's not that she's gonna go make deals. She's meeting this guy. Yeah. But she has like the audacity to dress like really, like really nice. She's got. I mean, they, these women have legs, and they like to show them off in this episode. So, yeah. yeah. I did notice there's a contrast. Audrey or Aubrey wears more of the, like, dresses and stuff. But if you notice, especially later, too, it seems like the uh, the other chick, she uh, wears a lot more of, like, the jumpsuits. But, she, I mean, she's still showing, like, her midriff and stuff. Yeah. But... There is one where she's wearing that orange dress coming up soon that her legs are, like, for, oh, yeah. forever long. But, yeah, she does tend to wear more of, like, the tracksuit kind of things yeah the other girl <laughs> Aubrey's more like I'll fight in whatever this this is just a trash bag stretched up to a dress I'll wear it I mean it is on HBO so maybe it's like for the for everyone watching being like oh you don't know if it that dress will break <laughs> you don't know what's gonna happen <laughs> right it's HBO so now we cut to Wink Barnum played by Wayne Newton and he <laughs> is like a I think technically they are in Vegas he kind of runs fights and sets up cage matches and all kinds of stuff and just whatever he can to make money. And he says he's bored. He comes up with this idea that if he can do a cage match between these two guys, he's watching the fight in the background of their old fight that was a stalemate. He's like, if I can get these two guys back in the ring in some like no holds barred cage match, we can make a, what was it, like a $10 million idea he says he has. I'm like, yeah. I don't know how much, but okay. Yeah, let's be honest though. I feel like it was Wayne Newton playing himself <laughs> the whole time. I he had mean, the biggest chicks behind him. Yeah, um, yeah, because I was like, yeah, in, in my notes, I'm like, Wayne Newton is giving his all. He's just, <laughs> he's just Wayne Newton in all over the place. <laughs> and so this guy who's like presenting on TV, the reporter comes up and he's talking about the fight and how they should try it again and all this stuff. And then it gives Wayne Newton the idea. Wayne Newton the idea to set up this fight and I just I do want to point out so this guy who plays the reporting guy I noticed him right away when I watched this episode so this is from 94 and I saw him and I recognized his voice and I used to watch a lot of infomercials years ago I had a bunch of favorites and things and this guy is definitely in it he always was with some woman usually like Kathy what's her face <laughs> who does like the dump cakes 
Um, <laughs> he'd be with her or some other woman, and he was always like trying these air fryers or something, and you know talking about losing pounds and things like that. And so I, I recognized him right away. He's not the set it and forget it guy. That's Ron Co or Ron something. I do remember that one. How many infomercials There's do you a, watch? I used to watch a lot. There's a lot of them. They're funny. So he went on to do infomercials. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, so Wayne Newton decides to come up with this fight idea. And they show a couple other clips of just how much these women don't like each other. Just them just literally just coming out on TV and being like, yeah, that slut, that crazy fat slut. (laughs) No one really even flinches that much. They're like, yep, she just called her a slut on TV. That's fine. Trailer trash, Mm -hmm. I think, is Andrea calls Aubrey that at one point. Yeah, because she's from like Texas or something. So yeah. So he calls up the two women <laughs> and they come over. This is where Andrea's wearing that really good dress. Like she's got her like really long legs, you know? Yeah. She looks great. He's got this little, Wayne Newton has this tiny little metal like cage diorama. In case you didn't know what a cage match is. It's Wayne it, Newton. Do you really need a, to have an explanation for it? Well, he has a personal assistant, some older lady. He was probably like, girl, get me a diorama of a cage match. These two broads are really dumb. And I need to explain to them that this is a cage match. He brings them in. And of course, right away, they're like bitchy. And he's getting like some champagne together for them. And Get me Judd Campbell's office in Hollywood. I've got a hundred million dollar idea. A Malaysian rules death match. Johnson versus Scott. The match of the century. Chaos in the cage! It's magnificent. (laughs) Is this magnificent? Well, the Romans would surely approve. (laughs) You know, I remember staying up all night watching you when you won the gold medal in Barcelona. I was sure you were going to turn pro after that. In fact, I I was kind of looking forward to uh, promoting some special events with you. Let me get this straight. You said Malaysian rules? Yeah, no time limit, no restrictions on uh, moves or weapons. Anything goes, you know, until one man concedes or is rendered uh, totally unconscious. Define totally unconscious. Kind of like your husband is already. I knew I smelt dead fish in here. (laughs) <laughs> my, 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 would you look at this? Would you look at this? You're even more beautiful than when I saw you in the Nationals in Minneapolis. Oh. oh, yeah, I remember that night. Felix and I were stranded in a blizzard in Denver. Had to forfeit my match. Lucky break for you, Aubrey. Listen, you bitch, I've already kicked your ass earlier this year in Johannesburg. I had the flu. Well, I'll kick it again right here, right now, unless, of course, you're coming down with something. Are you forgetting Pittsburgh, May 92? No, I remember. Heard you only had to fuck, what, two judges to win that one? Oh, you lying whore. I had to rip that ugly wig you call your hair right off your head. You go ahead, baby. You give it your best shot. Whoa, 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 whoa. Girls, 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 girls. Let's, uh, let's try and be a gentleman about this, huh? Debbie Dunnan looks great. They both look great. But, like, these, some yeah. of these dresses are just, they're so tiny. Like, it's right. <laughs> so tiny. And... Wayne Newton's in this like full like three-piece suit or whatever and the women start talking about their old fights and how each one like bested the other and he's just like ladies ladies calm down let's get your men into this fight they want to do a Malaysian death match like chaos in the cage spelled with K's I think it's K-A-O-S and cage is K-A-G-E because whatever they are gonna put their husbands in this Malaysian death match in the cage or whatever where you can use anything you want to fight they just like have all these weapons you can use like trash can lid or these sticks and there's like flames. And I don't know if you ever watched a lot of wrestling or fighting back then. I watched a little, 
I don't really care about it now. But I do remember seeing, like, The Undertaker take out some people in a cage match, and they'll just, like, kick a chair over to them, and they're like, oh, guess I'll use this, and just pick it up and take them. <laughs> You're like, all right. So he talks these women into agreeing. Their husbands don't even know. Are we supposed to believe that these women are, like, their managers or something? I mean, I guess in a way. I think they are. Yeah, it seems like they are. Yeah. So I guess they retired or, you know, put away their fighting stuff for now and then they just manage their husbands I guess gives them more power and abuse over the relationship too so yeah I like how Andrea at the end there I did just notice that she was like hesitant to um she was the last person to cheers when they were all agreeing to do the <laughs> yeah. death match she's like oh I don't know I guess so I guess yeah. we'll do this have you ever watched um on MTV the celebrity death match I did that's yes. how I kind of remember like an offset of that almost like where they would have like no holds bar i mean it was clay people those clay versions of like celebrities and death that show was ridiculous (laughs) funny it was something like i remember i know there was one where like the backstreet boys fought in sync and it was like a tag team thing i think they could like tag each other in for claymation or whatever it would get real gory (laughs) it would yeah, but I think it's funny, too, that all of this, like, predates, like, you know, now they have those big HBO specials, the pay-per-view, yeah. like, fights and stuff. I mean, I'm sure that was still somewhat of a thing back in the 90s. I was, like, under 10, so I don't remember. Yeah. But, like, nowadays, I mean, you have those big pay-per-view fights that you, like, pay yeah, the for. MMA stuff yes. and things like that, yeah. See, I'm not big on watching people hit each other in the face, so, <laughs> and I don't like to get hit in the face or hit in the face. So for me, I mean, I, I mean, that's fine. I guess if you want to do it, it's just not my thing. Personally, if I got hit in the face, <laughs> I'd just start crying and the fight would be over. I'd be like, you know what? You win. It's fine. Yeah. You, you broke my nose, but it's bleeding. Oh my gosh. If they broke my nose, I would pass out. Like, I, <laughs> That's one reason I like getting hit in the face because of my nose. My nose is there. It's sensitive. I, I think I'd just be like, I'd explode in a poof. Like, I'd just be like, I can't <laughs> handle it. You wouldn't try to, like, break it back? Oh, God, no. I just scream. I would scream and pass out. That's all that would happen. I just, I don't like any of that. And then I'd be traumatized for the rest of my life. I'd just be like, remember that time I broke my nose? It was horrible. So no plastic surgery, rhinoplasty, anything like that? Well, I've had nasal surgery. Six years ago, I had nasal surgery. Even that, like, them, like, going to the ENT and having them look down, I was just like, (laughs) I knew I needed it, and it's helped since then. There was a time I went to the ENT and he was checking and they like spray your nose, your nose down with lidocaine. So it's kind of mm-hmm. numb. And they take this long metal rod, right? And they, it's got like a little camera in it or whatever. And they stick it down into your nose, right? And I had my head on the, on the chair and I'm like leaning back. And he's looking back there and all of a sudden the, the neck of the chair bent. Like I guess it wasn't locked as close. And my head went back like that. He could have almost stubbed the back of my nose because the way I, I jerked, he didn't expect it. And I didn't either, because the chair wasn't pro- properly set. And then I was like, whoa, okay. Then I was like real still. I was just like. <laughs> we are not moving. Yeah. I mean, no, he was a great, he's a fantastic doctor, but it was just like, that scared the crap out of me, because we, we were not expecting it. And I was like, no, it's too close to my nose. So yeah, so I don't know if you've ever been tested for COVID. Yes. It's not that bad for me, because I had a ton of crap in my nose. So <laughs> people are like, oh my God, it's so insane. And I'm like, yeah, it feels weird. But I'm like, eh. I mean, I had stints pulled out of my nose, so it's. Yeah. I mean, it's not that big a deal. Some people compare it to getting, like, the Egyptian, like, brain scramble. Oh, I was nah. like, nah, it's not that bad. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm not a huge fan of those. What do you not like? Uh, Is there anything, like, you're real screaming? Like, are you screaming about, like, eye horror or anything? Like, eyes getting real Eyes. Because I have, I have an eye injury that, like, I have an eye condition. So, like, anything with the eyes mm. or, like, even, like, in the Game of Thrones, there's, like, one character that gets, sorry, spoiler alert, gets his, like, 
kill, but like he like has his fingers on the guy's oh, eyes, yeah, and I yeah. can't watch that scene for the life. It of is me. a bit squeamy, yeah, because you don't expect them to just like drop like, like to jelly. just dip down into his eyes, like yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Uh, yeah. eyes, teeth, bone sticking. Yeah, out. teeth like, is a good one. Yeah, bone. Yeah, bone, teeth is a good one. Yeah, I have family members that are in the medical field, so you think I'd be like more okay with it, but like bone sticking out of skin. Mm, no, 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 no. Uh, we were watching Near Dark last night. I know it's a vampire movie, so I'm supposed to be used to it because they're drinking blood. I don't like the whole, like, when they feed off each other. Oh, yeah. And there's, like, this a couple of parts where he's just, like, sucking the hell out of this woman's arm. And she just, like, kind of bit down on her arm to open it. You know, I'm just like, no, no, thank you. I think they do that in Underworld, too. Ugh. Because, I mean, that's kind of part of the lore. You feed yeah. off them. But it's, like, it's still just, like, it's a lot. I don't think I could do it be a good vampire. No, I probably would starve. Yeah. I have to eat my cat. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. Gus is in here. He's on the futon being good and sleeping. So anyway, back to the pit. So the guys are mad because they got put into this Malaysian death match. I guess they actually do mean death. Do they mean death? I would imagine it's just you beat the crap whoever passes out first when you say death match. Pass out, but I really feel like it is a death match because it was like there's no time limit. There's like you can use anything you want. So I feel like somebody would die at the end. But even if you pass out, I feel like it's wrong to come over and just keep beating the crap out of them with a chair. True, but if they have a head injury or something, no, or... that's true. Or, like, like, internal bleeding or something. Yeah, like, they could still die. So there's this fun scene here where the guys are... They kind of shoot back and forth from each couple to the other. And they're all like, why did you do that? I can't believe you did that. And then the women are like, you'll be fine. You're going to have to kill him. <laughs> and he's like... The one guy's like, I don't want to kill him. He's cool. And I'm like, oh, they like each other. Malaysian deathmatch? How could you agree to that? What's the big deal? It only took you 10 minutes to put Hong Lee on permanent disability last year. Yeah, that's right. But Hong Lee is no Aaron Scott. And besides, the last time me and Felix went at it, the judges called it a draw. (laughs) Well, there's not going to be any draws this time, baby. Listen, that's exactly what I mean. I mean, we're going to have to hurt each other. Oh, you're going to have to do more than hurt him. You're going to have to drop him dead. But I kind of like the guy. He's cool. No, you don't like him, you hate him. He is a piece of gum stuck to your shoe. Listen, honey, even if I lose, I mean, we'll still be richer than God. I don't give a rat's ass about the money. I am not about to let this stuck-up Boston bitch. That no-class Texas tramp. 24-karat phony. That trailer park trash. Get one over on me. You're gonna go in there, and you're gonna kick some butt. You're gonna win that match and get me to Hollywood. Is that clear? Okay. okay, sugar, honey. Yeah, I think that's like the first moment where we get notification that the two guys actually do like each other. Yeah, they're cool with each other. I kind of mentioned to you, like, I kind of wonder if that first match was a draw on purpose. You mean just because they were friends? Yes. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Maybe they were too afraid to, like, have the other one get nagged on by their wife. They yes. would have lost, so they were like, well, maybe we'll just make this a, a tie, and then maybe our women will let it go. And it's like, no, no, they didn't. They no. just doubled down. So then it shoots to where they're setting up the cage match and chaos in the cage and you got Wayne Newton and his showgirls and (laughs) they show it being shot from the camcorder and they're setting up. The guys are practicing in the cage like what they would fight and there's some really good fight scenes here especially from um, Mark DeCascos. He's just like flipping all over the place and like doing a lot of fun stick fighting and stuff and they're practicing with these other guys and then Aubrey comes in to introduce her husband and she and then right away gosh what's the other woman's name Andrea Andrea she uh she's like bitch and then like gets all mad and yeah so like changes back and forth from like a reel to a taped show 
And the women, again, going off on each other. Everyone's got to hold them back because they hate each other so much. And then it cuts to this nice, like, quiet scene. And there's no one in the place except for the two guys. So you got Felix and Aaron. And they're hanging out watching the empty cage, which they're just letting anyone into this arena. I mean, I, I, mean, I feel like it would have been shut down. But I guess since they're the fighters, they can come in there. They have this nice little conversation where they just, like, talk about things they like to do and how they're ready for the fight. Wondering how much lunch you need to get up on that platform? Nope. Wondering if coyote dung is a good cactus fertilizer. I grow them, you know. No, I didn't. <laughs> Cactuses. Cacti. I got a whole farm of them over in Arizona. But I got these coyotes shitting all over the place, and if they mess up my crop, I swear I'll single-handedly put the little bastards on the endangered species list. Man's got to have a hobby, right? I mean, can't keep doing this forever, can we? Yeah, it's gonna be a mess, all right. I can handle it. You bet. So can you. You bet. How'd it come down to this, I wonder? I mean, how'd we let it go this far? There's only two reasons I can think of. Both of them female. No turning back now, I guess. Mm. You having second thoughts? Not really. No. Like you and I were talking about, at what point did they know, or were they in on the twist? I don't think they were yet, but yeah, I don't. I think it was around this time. So next thing you know, it shoots to Andrea, and she's getting a phone call, and she gets a phone call that finds out that someone tells her that Felix Aubrey's husband has been messing with his weapons, like alternating or alterating them and stuff, and like you can't. I guess you can't do that. And uh, so she's mad. She's like, oh, I'm going to go down there and like, I guess, get rid of those weapons or whatever. And at the same time, Aubrey is getting a phone call about the same thing. Now, when we cut to Aubrey, <laughs> she's had, there's a spun scene. I remember if you guys saw, listened to the last episode, I did mention how season six is a bit more of a sensual, let's try to make it kind of sexy season. The last episode, the bribe is in a strip club. So this one here, you just see like, a parallel bar, right? Aubrey is doing pull-ups, right? And she's got like her wet, you can see her wedding ring and she's doing pull-ups, she's got stuff. And she's making these noises that are like more than just working out. I mean, I've worked out at gyms and you hear, sometimes you'll hear guys and stuff like, you know, they'll drop the weights at the end of yeah. something. You're like, okay. Hope smash. You're like, all right, man. But she's making these noises that are like not just working out. And I'm like, that gosh, she's really getting into it. And then she gets a phone call and she goes to one-handed pull-ups. And I'm like, okay, that's not, she's not actually doing pull-ups. She's on the ground. She's got to be because she's still on the phone, like, pulling up, just like, what? Oh, that crazy bitch. You know, just like, whatever. Yeah. And then they cut and she's like, you know what? She, like, does, like, a couple really good pull-ups and then uh, backs off and she's like, okay, I'm done. And you find out her lover or whatever, the blonde guy, is what? On the bench. On the bench. Underneath her. She was... She was lifting up and falling down on that D. Wow, that's what we're doing? Okay. 
So that's how she kind of tries to kill two birds with one stone. She gets in a workout and then a little bonus workout. I mean, she's trying to stay in good shape. I mean, she looks great. But yeah, I was just like, all right, we're going to throw that in there real quick. So that's what she was doing. And so she she still, because she's only got like a dress on. And then the guy underneath her gets up and he's like, woo! Like he's all like, oh, that was crazy. You know, just like sweaty. And she's like, I got to go. So she gets dressed in her best like leathery dress thing and then the other chick wears like a little pantsuit with like a beaded jacket on top yeah so they head down to the cage you got aubrey and she's going through all the weapons and she's like double checking to see if they've been messed with and then that's when from out of like in the middle of the cage there's this sewer grate and you can like climb up through the middle and that's where andrea shows up and then of course now that they're in this cage they start fighting and andrea takes the lid of the trash can and they start fighting and they don't get they don't fight that far it's like one little hit Andrea has the upper hand and she pushes Aubrey into the fence and then you see it being shot from a camera and like they see these lights and they're like what someone's been taping them yep I don't need to sabotage weapons Felix is a loser but then again I guess you'd know that that's how he ended up with you isn't it funny I don't remember being the uh, loser working in a Cleveland mud wrestling dump that was just an exhibition oh for two years you know Aubrey I don't really give a shit if Felix gets that job or not. All I care about is that you never see the inside of a movie studio, ever. Well, isn't that a shame? Because as soon as I get done kicking your gold-plated fat ass into the has-been locker room, I'm on the first plane back to L.A. start hearing these clapping the slow clapping and then all of a sudden everything kind of lights up and the crowd is in the audience and they're cheering them on to fight how did they sneak this audience into this place because it's very echoey for a second i thought maybe it was supernatural but it's not there's not really any supernatural stuff in this episode but yeah how do you think they got everyone in there i think maybe they got everyone in there then called both of the prospective women and then probably got them in there and told everybody you got to keep quiet until they get in there and they start fighting and then you can cheer. I mean, I guess maybe he even offered, I could see like they offered him like free tickets or something like if you're quiet, but I mean to keep that many people quiet. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they got like the 15 million people they were wanting because it was like a last minute thing, but they still had a decent crowd. But it could also be, I guess, that the women were so absorbed in themselves that they didn't notice because it is really dark. But it's just like, yeah, these people just all show up out of like nowhere almost. And then there's cameras and it's being filmed and it's like, woo! And then so the women, instead of being like, what the hell, let us out of this cage because now they're trapped. They're like, oh, okay, well, let's just fight. And it's like, you could have just been like, you know, we refuse to fight. But no, they're not that, they're, they're horrible people. So they fight and then they fight and all this stuff. And then it cuts back to Wayne Newton's penthouse thing 
and the two guys are sitting there and yep. the, the two husbands are sitting there and they're watching and um, that's when he makes the comment about oh she never hit me that hard which I'm just like uh, it's a little cringy yeah or no I think it was like when she scratched me I had to get like th- like that I had to get three stitches yeah and yeah like, uh, we're making light of physical abuse but okay so I think what happened is maybe they were sitting there having that conversation the night before or whatever night that was. And then when it cuts away from them, I think maybe at that time they when they start talking about the women and it cuts away, maybe that's when they got the idea. So yeah. that yeah, so then they were like, what if we had them fight? So then they probably like called Wayne Newton. He was like, let me set that up. Cuz technically it still is uh, you know, Scott versus Johnson. It's just the women now. He didn't lie. It's still the same type fight he was wanting. And so then they were able to get the women to that place and then basically trap them and just let them go all out. And they, they make a point of like, oh, they might kill each other. And they're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, this might happen. That's the twist that they end up setting up their wives to fight instead. And then the guys admit at the end that they're going to both go into that Schwarzenegger type movie together and just have two of those people, pulverizers or whatever. So they're like best friends now, and then that's how the episode ends. What do you think of this one, Cindy? I liked it. I thought it was entertaining. And it was interesting that like no one died on screen in this. I mean, we assume probably the wives probably killed each other. <laughs> beat themselves to death. Yeah. Beat each other to death. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. I, I think I liked it better watching it again and kind of thinking about it again. Like when I watched it, the twist is kind of fun. I just feel like it's a bit stretched on how they were able to plan that all in like a day yeah but it was definitely like yeah it's definitely a it's a memorable one so that's the end of the episode there it cuts back to the crypt keeper and he's basically just finishing up the advertisement for his cd and he's talking about putting yule on the log and then they show a little person as an elf his name is apparently yule and they're gonna put him in the fire or whatever <laughs> and then yeah just like shows the cd like see see the cd so <laughs> It's not a bad CD. It's it's fun. Yeah, so that's basically it. He's just throwing out those puns. <laughs> Crypt Keeper, you're so punny. And the best Crypt Keeper pun is... I don't know about you kiddies, but my money's on Aubrey. I think she's a little fester to the punch. Well, you know what they say. The scream always rises. <laughs> there is some IMDb trivia for this episode. The Chaos in the Cage match is a fictional presentation of HBO Sports. The Tales from the Crypt series originally aired on HBO. So there is, they did do that kind of stuff on HBO Sports. So that's the end of the episode. Season 6, Episode 7, The Pit. The next episode is Season 6, Episode 8, The Assassin. Thank you, Cindy, for being on this episode. I hope you had a good time. Thank you, I did. Thanks for having me. No problem. And thank you all out there for listening and downloading this episode. If you want to leave a five-star review, please leave one on Apple Podcasts or Facebook, and I will read it on the podcast. You can also follow Gus the Podcat at a sweet cat named Gus on Instagram. You can follow the Good Evening Kitties podcast on Facebook as well as Twitter at Gek Podcast or at GEK Podcast. And you can find this podcast pretty much anywhere. Uh, but yeah, if you want to email me too, you can do that at goodeveningpod at gmail.com. And again, thank you so much. Cindy, say bye. 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 <laughs> Join a cult.
Cavern of terrible meetings in lonely places of cyclopean ruins, which vast staircases lead down to abysses of nighted secrets through complex angles that lead through invisible walls to other regions of space and time, and of hideous explorations in remote and forbidden places. Weird fiction, cosmic horror, gothic lit, ghost stories and folklore, media reviews, and special guests. People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos. Look for it where you find all of your, I don't know, spooky-ish podcasts. Yeah, or, 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 yeah, yeah.